Erev Tov, good evening. Tonight's Agadah Shiur is sponsored by Alan and Dina, Sigmund and family. Last time we met, we were in the middle of studying Hagdama of Kuk, Shalom. In which he discussed the necessity for creativity in Judaism and how there are so many people who don't find that creative aspect in Judaism, that, that part of them that will draw them back home, that draw them back close. Last time we studied together, an excerpt of our shiur came out called The Crime of Kirub and created a commotion and a tumult and some people positive, some people negative. My only regret is that it wasn't a longer uh, tangent on the matter. And Alf Kuk says that if we want to have any chance at returning back home, those who left Judaism for a reason. See, there's this attitude in the Jewish community. The people who've left Judaism, it's because they don't know any better. It's because they're not educated enough. Those people who don't know any better, who are not educated enough, when they find something exciting, they come back easily. Here, Harav Kuk is talking not about those who don't know enough, but those who know. And it's precisely because of what they know or how they were taught what they know or their experiences with the knowledge that was before them that caused them to leave in the first place. But if I could start maybe somewhere else, you don't have this in front of you. But Rav Kook writes in his book, Orota Torah, The Lights in the Torah. It could be that I read this to you once in a different Jew. He says on page Chavzayin, Yeshnam, there are some that left. They left Torah and Mitzvot. Because when they were studying Torah and when they were perfecting their spirituality, they suppressed, they rebelled against their unique inner personality. There are some people who left Judaism because in their study of Torah, in their observance of mitzvot, and they're expanding their neshama, they did things which was a rebellion against themselves. Sizzle of Kuk, for example. There are some people who their whole neshama is built to study Agada. And then matters of halakha are not part of their nature. Does it need to be studied? Yes, but not bekviyut. Not that that should be the main staple of what they study. And because this person does not know how to value their unique talent, he becomes immersed in matters of halakha, like what is uh, regular in the Jewish community. And he feels this aversion to those matters which he's dealing with. But because 
that happens for the very reason that he's involved in things that contradict his own self. But if he would find his unique talent and, and place in the Jewish rainbow that I mentioned last week, and he would fill up that place, and this person would dedicate time of study to that area, that discipline of Torah, which is compatible with their soul. A person will quickly realize that that opposition, that aversion to the study of Torah mitzvot is not aversion to Torah mitzvot. It's only because the soul inside is begging that a person should go look for the part of Torah which is relevant to your soul. And if a person were only able to be so self-aware and allowed to study and given the tools to study the areas of Torah which are compatible with their nishama, this person would be dedicated to the holiness of the Torah. And he would be valiant in his accomplishments in the area of Torah which is relevant to him. And not only would this person help themselves, but also they would help those on the other side whose hands and whose minds are meant to be studying Halakha. To give them a taste of the beauty of Agadah. Because a person doesn't understand what's going on inside of them. They don't understand this feeling that's going on inside of them. And they're forcing themselves to go against their own nature. At the moment that this person finds another opportunity, a door from which to break out of the Jewish community, he bursts forth, and he becomes one of the haters of Torah and Emunah. A person goes from one low point to the next low point. Said, these are the people who ultimately became the peritim, the, the, I don't want to say evil people, but those who opposed the Torah in our generation. They have their own vision for the world and they wish to cover up the vision of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when dividing different matters of Torah study, different people have different spiritual qualities and traits. There are some people whose whole desire in life is to a certain area of wisdom, of science, of a world that is not necessarily inside of the Bet Midrash. This person also has an obligation to follow their soul. And to establish time to study Torah. One has a desire to pursue a profession, to pursue a career, to pursue another area of education. That's perfectly fine. 
when one forces themselves to stay away from those things and rebels against their own inner qualities instead of doing what Rav Kuka suggested, to follow their soul. To follow their soul, but to still make time to study Torah. And then this person will be successful both in what they chose in life and in the Torah that is relevant to their soul. Because the study of Torah is very compatible with Deir Eretz. Okay, this is already... The bottom line is a person in their journey in studying Torah must be sensitive to the needs of their soul, to the unique needs of their soul. And so often we have in Judaism not just a one-size-fits-all Judaism, but a one-size-fits-all type of Judaism, approach to Judaism, areas of study of Judaism. I remember vividly when I was in Yeshiva, and I would tell the Rabbanim, I don't like the way we're studying Talmud. They would tell me, try harder, you'll learn to love it. Try harder. How many years can you try harder and try harder and try harder? I'll tell you there were times in my life where I felt, it's a personal thing I'm sharing, where because what we were studying in Yeshiva wasn't the way my neshama was built to study, I felt that maybe I wasn't any good for studying Torah. I almost reached that place. It was lights along the darkness that showed me that, wait, there is a kind of Torah that I'm interested in. Only when I met Harav Peretz years later did my whole understanding change. I felt this experience here. It's not that Torah is not compatible with me. It's not that my journey in Torah is not important, it's lesser than someone else's. My spiritual needs are different than other people's. And if we could allow people to see that, to realize that, we have a world today where even in communities where people like to pretend that they're unique, everyone is really a conformist at the end of the day. And I don't, I don't know that there's anything wrong with that per se. For example, look at our kilah. We have a small kilah compared to what a kilah could be if it was just a regular kilah. And we attract a very specific kind of person. You might be saying, which kind of specific person? There's not one quality that I could say in everybody. They're all the same. It's not an ethnic uh, denominator. It's not a philosophical, not a political, the religious denominator. We have ma- people of many different backgrounds. But there's a certain flavor, a certain feeling, a certain type of study, of, of commitment, of dedication that people here feel connected to. Baruch Hashem, as we've opened that up to the larger world, we also find more and more of people who feel part of this in other places. But there's never a point in time where we say, this is for everybody. This is the only way. Because you watch with your own eyes how there are people, two people can walk through the same door, and one never leaves, and one can't stay for more than five minutes. The reason for that is because there's a spiritual need that needs to be met somewhere else. There's a flip side to that as well. Those who came into the door and never want to leave are often manipulated by others, sometimes more aggressively, sometimes less. Come on, what are you doing there? Go try something mainstream. Why don't you be, can't you be normal? Just come with me to this class. Come with me to this better Knesset. And what they don't realize, or maybe they do and they don't care, is that what they're asking from you 
is to rebel, to commit an act of treason against your own soul's needs. And the simple answer has to be, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're trying to do for me. But by following you, I will damage that unique neshama shenatata bi, that soul that you put inside of me, tihorahi, it's pure. And I don't want to taint it with things that I already tried to and didn't work for me. And now that my soul is happy, now that I'm studying in a way, in a place with people which are compatible with my spiritual traits of my soul, why would you ever want to distract me from that? Why would you ever want to take me away from that? I'll be honest, I didn't intend to take this tangent at all. But now we should get back to what Rav Kook wanted to tell us. If you have the introduction to Rav Kook, we're going to be in the introduction on page Chavbet 22. So I'm assuming that it might be page 23 in the PDF, but I don't know, I don't have that in front of me. In the middle of page Chavbet, Rav Kook says, These things are dependent on each other. When we increase the multitudes of opinions in the Bede Midash, and we begin to uh, multiply this vision of Musar, of Midot, of Emunot, our hands will find the strength to lift up, to strengthen those people who have chosen to walk away. To return to the strength of Torah, even those who chose previously to distance themselves from her, with kind words, and a healthy intellect. And because of this, I feel that the need to involve ourselves in Agada and the ways of Derisha, in teaching Emuna, in teaching the laws, the duties of the heart. That our earlier rabbis already tried to get us involved in this discipline. This is something that the generation is demanding from us. The time is now. And those who write books in our generation, in this area, in this discipline, We must consider those who involve themselves and write books in this matter, in these areas. Those who involve themselves in these areas are doing a tremendous thing to return the hearts of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's children back to Him. Says Rav Kuk, I also took in my own way, in my own weak abilities, he's speaking about himself, I wish to take part in this holy work as well. And that brings us to what we wanted to discuss today. There is a mistake. It's been repeated and already people have believed this mistake. That the study of Musar and Agada will distance a person or keep a person away from greatness in Halakha. By the way, when Rav Kuk uses Halakha, it doesn't necessarily mean Halakha the way you use it, but in, in study of Talmud. So when we deal with these inferior matters of Agada and Musar, the fear is that people will never sit down and study real Torah. 
בעומק העיון, in the depth of analysis, בגמרא ובסברה, standing properly, logically, in depth. דבר זה הסיר לב רבים מתת חלק לחלק המוסרי שבתורה. This fear caused many to not support the adventure of studying this area of Torah. ועבד מאיתנו טובה רבה, ואיבד מאיתנו טובה רבה, and we lost much good because of this. הדברים יש בהם אמת. There is truth, a little bit of truth to this fear. רק ביחס לימוד המוסר שמתפשט רק על התרגשות. There is truth that if one studies only the type of מוסר which affects pure emotion, simple מוסר, superficial מוסר, שאם מיעוטו יפה לעורר את הלב לתורה, that if a little bit of it is good to wake up the heart for Torah, לירת שמיים, תאהב שמיים, לתשובה, to return to הקדוש ברוך הוא, מידות טובות and good character traits, just like a little bit of it is good to get a person on the right track, רובו, too much of it, קשה, is very bad for a person. שהוא מעורר יותר מדי, it awakens too much, את רגשות הנפש, the emotions of the soul, שהם צריכים תמיד להיות בדרך המיצוע. That they must be, like the Rambam says, they always must be kept in check, in balance. The part of Musar which is purely emotional is good. It's good. It brings a person. It jumpstarts a person. It motivates them in certain ways. But overdosing on emotional Musar will cause damage to a person. Because it causes imbalance in a person's soul. ופועל גם כן על החלשת השכל. What it does also, aside from causing spiritual imbalance, it causes the weakening of one's mind. ורפיון כוח השופט ביותו יוצא הרבה מידתו. And it causes a person to lose their judgment. Because they're now thinking in ways that are not logical. If someone reads this sentence we just read, you can explain so much of what you see, not just in the Jewish religious world, but in general, in all kinds of spiritual seekers of types and varieties. It seems to be that the more they are spiritual, the less grounded they are in reality. And says, of course, this is dangerous. One needs to be emotional. One needs to awaken that part, that passion inside of their soul. But it must be kept in check with reality. In Musar, just like when there's a Musar that's very superficial, there's no novel depth to it. There's also the same way in the area of Drash and the Torah. The kind of study of Agadah, which is based only on emotions and imagination and feelings, both of them, when a person begins studying this, they will stay away from things which require intellect, such as halakha. Except for a person who is of a uniquely powerful soul. Who has the special strength, a brave courage. It's very rare to find a person who can be constantly passionate on fire, spiritually, emotional, and at the same time, never loses that logical, critical thinking mind. This is the kind of person who when it comes to halakha, it comes to serious areas, is able to study them in that way. 
He said, of course, says, what can I do? I have to speak about the majority. The majority of people have a very hard time when being pushed off balance, finding balance always. Alken, therefore, it was the goal of the rabbis of the generations. If you're familiar with the history of the Musar movement, you may think the Musar, I don't mean Musar like in the early real Musar of the Rishonim. Musar is in the Musar you hear about in Eastern Europe. There was much opposition to it. And the fear was that it would arouse people's hearts too much. They felt that if people would get so involved in this area of Torah, they would never really deal with Torah at all. None of the rabbis who promoted this, this approach, even in the early generations, never had in their mind that by expanding the horizons of Musar, Nobody ever intended that with the flourishing of these ideas, with the expansion of these ideas, with the blossoming of these concepts, that anybody would ever reach a place in which they would neglect the study of Torah Ta'alacha. Or else you would not be able to say that this is part of a holistic Torah. In every area of Torah, says Rav Kuk, no matter which area you're part of, you must always remember to find balance. Don't get stuck. Don't be trapped in one discipline of Torah study. Never let other areas, other disciplines of Torah become forgotten from you or improperly formulated in your mind. We need well-rounded Jews. We need well-rounded Tamidech Chamin. It can't be this fragmentation that some people know Halakha, some people know Musar, some people know Tanakh, some people... So who knows everything? There's an imbalance in the world. But this is like any other area of Torah, which we say is poor in this place, but richer when read in context of more Torah. The words of Torah are friends, are lovers to each other. Amu Chazal, the rabbis say, "Nilmadim zemizet." The words of Torah they complement each other. Vehaesek b'miktzah haechad marchivet adat, and a person who involves themselves in one discipline of Torah expands their mind, umechadedet arayon, and sharpens their imagination, their ideas. Gam b'miktzah hashani harachok mino. They expand their mind and sharpen these ideas, even in areas of Torah that are very distant from the matter at hand. And in this way of study, that when you learn Musar and Agada, it's not taken out of the context of Torah. If we were to give it the seriousness of Talmudic study, to be able to be gores, to be sover, to think logically, 
in the Torah to analyze critically the words of Agadah and Musar and not just to have them emotional and, and some kind of passionate Torah. Even though there's room for an emotional study of Agadah, but only in small doses. Like previous rabbis already spoke of. הפתח הרחב, הוא המפייץ חב גימל. הפתח הרחב להרחבת תורת המוסר. This wide opening of expanding the תורת המוסר. המעיין הגדול היוצא מבית אדוני, that giant wellspring that is bursting forth from the house of Hashem, היא האגדה. It's אגדה. דברי חז"ל באגדות, the words of our חכמים in the אגדות, הם עלינו ראש פינה לבניין בית חוכמת המוסר. Is the cornerstone, the foundation on which we will build the Torah and Musar. Lidalot al yadam rav pninim omek tivrei Torah v'kidvei kodesh. It's the the place from which we can fill up all the other understandings of Torah. Ume omek chokmat anefesh asher beteva yitzirata nafach ba'adonai ruach chokma v'askir. And it has this depth of the soul that Hakadosh Baruch Hu infused. With wisdom and intellect. But Hadam, it's an obligation on the person, to only continue expanding on these ideas. A person must look inside of their own soul and uncover the greatness which is already there from that light of a Kadosh Bokhu, which is good. Just like Already, the Chassid, the righteous one, spoke about in Chobat al-Avavot, in Sha'ar HaBchina. And here we come to the main part that I wish to dwell on from Avko. So we've said so far that if we study Agadah and Musar properly, we will be able to bring back multitudes of Jews who left because they rebelled in the Bed Midrash previously, against their own souls. To show them there's another approach, there's another Torah that you didn't study yet. And also the fear that when we study Agadah, when we study Musar, when we study Emunot and Derch Eretz and, and Deot, then maybe we'll come to neglect the other serious parts of Torah. Says Rav Kuk, it's all about maintaining balance. And if you study Agadah in a balanced way, then you don't have to be afraid that it will take away, it will diminish something from the other areas of Torah. But to the contrary, if you study Agadah properly, it will only come to complement, to shed light, to add concepts and ideas to the realm of Halakha and other disciplines which are not directly connected to Agadah. But you know, that when it comes to the study of Agadah, like the study of any part of Torah, there are different camps, there are different approaches, there are different ways to study Agadah, different rabbis, different philosophies, different movements, different schools of thought. Says HaRav Kuk, what do we do with all of them? What do we do with all those different schools of thought? Here what HaRav Kuk came to share is the truth, in my opinion. If it's not the truth for someone else, it will be the truth here in our Ben Midrash. Let's read together. והנה מודעת זאת, this knowledge, שבדורות שעברו היו מחלוקות רבות בישראל, 
there were many, many wars, arguments, disputes in the Jewish people. Bidvar hadeot v'hegyonot emuniot regarding the duties of the heart, regarding proper emuna and Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Yesh asher natu lederech haphilosofia. There are some who went on the approach of philosophy. V'yagdilu al piha kama inyanim betorat hamusar v'agadal efirov mitzoteha, and they used that approach of philosophy to expand on musar and agadah. V'yesh, and there are some, and you have to remember when you under read this piece, that Rav Kook is a Kabbalist. And Rav Kook's approach to Kabbalah, whether you agree with it or not, this is his approach, is that Kabbalah is a natural, organic Jewish discipline. And that philosophy is not. That's the only way you could understand the sentence we're going to read now. V'yesh, sharitamtsu, lahachi kol rayon, lakuach mikuchma, asher motza'a, lo mikara Torah v'yisodam. There are some, who were allergic to taking ideas, philosophy, from areas which are not unique to the Torah, that they're shared by other nations. They didn't want that other philosophies should influence the way they study Torah. And they analyzed Agadah through the lens of Kabbalah. It's many different schools of thought in Kabbalah. Which are full of all kinds of holy thoughts and wisdom of a Kadosh Bachu. You must understand Rav Kukas and Mekubal to read this sentence. Nonetheless, Rav Kuk says so far there were two camps. There were the camps of the philosophers and the camps of the Mekubalim. And they both elaborated, embellished on Agadah in different ways. And there were wars between those camps. There's some that were worried that there would be problems even from either of those two ways. And maybe it's better not to get involved, not in philosophy, not in the Kabbalah, but just to understand the Kadosh Baruch simply. And only to deal with the explicit matters of Emunah that are mentioned by Chazal. There are groups, schools of thought like that as well. They don't want to be not philosophers or mekubalim. And only to deal with the things which are explicitly mentioned or felt in our souls. The truth is, all of these camps, because they dealt with an area, a discipline, which was precious to them, which was dear to them, whether they fought with each other or not is not our problem. But they inherited to us a lot of good. And we are in a unique position in this last generation. We are able to reap with joy what they planted, what they sowed with tears. Rav Kook mentions, and I don't want to get into this now, that, that every time one of these camps began, there were opponents to them. And had those opponents really... Let's, let's go and read that. Al-Ken, it's the first two letters on, on the line is an ayin, apostrophe, kaf. Al-Ken, amdulaf amim mineged. Sometimes the rabbis stood opposite these camps. Meharchavat varim shanachnu nimtzah behem chen v'sachatov. Sometimes they were opposed 
to things that we find much good in. We also must say thanks and show gratitude to these pure-hearted opponents. Because opposition which comes from the walls of a pure heart, that is what, what came to truly purify the opinions. They forced those that they opposed to purify their Torah, to refine it to a place where it was all pure like gold. The exile and the dispersal of the Jewish people, of Dan Hamerkaz, the loss of our national center. And the loss or the dwindling in numbers of true leaders of the Jewish people. We ended up experiencing the curse. That we, it's one of the curses of the Torah on page, now we're on page Chavdalet, that we will stumble around, feel around in the daytime like a blind person does in the dark. There's contradiction. The Jewish community, the Jewish schools of thought are not all compatible with each other. They don't all flow together in some beautiful, cohesive way. Alken, and therefore, rak ba'amal uvetsar v'yagon uvederech mele'a chatchatim and that's why there was so much pain and suffering in bringing out these concepts. Because in a generation which lacked prophecy, which lacked Racha Kodesh, it was impossible for us to have all of these things lined up clearly for us. It couldn't be that we would not have a wheat without shaf. We were no longer living in a generation of holy people with prophecy in Ruach HaKodesh that allowed them to guide us on a clear path. And all of the things which we enjoy today first were born into the Jewish people with a lot of pain. And only now, after all of those struggles of history, those trials of history, we are able to uncover the tzaddikim and the true scholars that left us behind true works. That they are really proper righteous plantings, saplings in the garden of Hashem. They have been left behind us as remnants of blessing. And all of us call out to them, they are holy, they are holy. I'm skipping two lines now. Even in recent times, that there were a few individuals who were awoken. 
גדולי חוקרי לב ואנשי קודש. הם חוקרי לב. The great giants, researchers of the heart, holy people, להרחיב את תורת המוסר, and they intended to embellish, to elaborate, to expand the תורת המוסר על פי יסודות החסידות, based on the principles which they called חסידות. אשר גם היא הטילה שער גדול במחנה ישראל. This also caused much chaos in the Jewish community. גם כן מדאגה מדבר, people were also afraid. מאפס בחינה לדעת מה יהיה דרך רוח חדשה כזאת בהכנסה בלבבות של רבבות עם. What will be, there were rabbis that led the people, and when they saw this new movement, they didn't know who was leading it. And not only did they not know, they were unsure of where this path would lead. What would it cause the thousands of people who followed it, where would they end up? Al Ken, therefore, It was necessary to oppose this new path. You have to remember that Rav Kook, as much as he has an affinity to Hasidut, is really from a Lithuanian home. Lithuanian in the sense of from the Mitnagdim. Rav Kook says the opposition to Hasidut was necessary. Because it was possible that those who did not study properly would lead the Jewish people to dark places. Because these people who are not truly leaders, that are not truly righteous, can sometimes take the most lofty and holy ideals and turn them into the most crooked and dangerous, dark places in the Jewish people. But now, after that noise, הנה נולדו לנו גם כן, על פי תורת החסידות, גידולים חדשים. There have been born to the Jewish people new creations, new plants in the garden, that have come from the world of חסידות. אשר גם מהם ניקח לעבוד אדוני אלוהינו, סיסר רב קוק will also take a little bit from them, when it comes to the service of הקדוש ברוך הוא, ולהרחיב דברי אמת וצדק בתורת המוסר והגדה לא תנו למאורות. And we'll use them also to improve our study of הגדה. Listen carefully, Arav Kook says, because if you think that the numerous opinions in the halakha cause chaos, in the world of Agadah it's a little different. The numerous opinions and approaches in Agadah can only increase clarity. Because it will give us so many different angles from which to attack the same concept, from which to grow close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uvizman shekulan ponot lematalaychat And when all of those paths are pointing in the same direction, for the same goal, all of those roads lead us to the house of the God of Jacob. These are all words of the living God. Which will give bravery and courage and strength to the Jewish people. And when we can unite all of these seemingly opposing forces, to clear a pure path in Avodat Hashem, suggests Sarav Kuk, that will be the greatest, the Hagdil Torah and Hadirah, to increase Torah and to make it great. I have so much to say about this. That which I agree and that which I may not. But this approach is one that we will utilize here in the Bede Midrash. We will read from sources, discuss topics, concepts, that otherwise we wouldn't normally speak about in the Bede Midrash. When is the last time I sat and gave you two shiurim about the teachings of Rav Kook? But when it comes to this discipline, 
all the Chachamim of the Jewish people have what to contribute to us. And we have the joy of collecting that which we want to collect, believing behind that which we wish to leave behind, that we have the joy to reap what they planted with tears, we can collect and become inspired with, with much joy. Rabbis tell us in Masechet Berachot that Torah scholars increase peace in the world. What makes someone a Tamil Chacham? Somebody who studied Tanakh, studied Mishnah, Talmud, Halakha, and who served, meaning who studied, uh, apprenticed by Talmudic Chachamim. That they reach the depths of Halakha. Who has reached the depths of understanding Torah in Halakha. Just like that's the way in Halakha, that's the way in Agada as well. And somebody who truly has reached a healthy place, who will already be saved from the thorns, will be saved from all the animals, all the dangerous things along the road of studying this part of Torah. And he'll know which path to walk on. Therefore, we should not be afraid. We should jump deep, straight in to the pool of Agadah. That we should be able to come to the truth of halakha. We should reach the truth in Agadah, the same that we would in Halakha. Because there's been so much disregard for this discipline. That's just how much work we must put in. There's neglect. We have to fix that neglect. By toiling in this. Reaching this ideal study of Agadah will only come to us that will make our ears like a funnel. We must allow ourselves to listen to the opinions of those who say it's pure and those who say that it's impure. Those who prohibit and those who permit. Those who cause, those who say that one is guilty and those who say that one is innocent. Those who nullify something and those who, uh, uh, there's a word in English, uh, All of them were given to us with one, uh, from one shepherd. One God gave us these ideas. One uh, giant told us them. One God, HaKadosh Baruch gave us this Torah. We must do this in Agadah as well. In the areas of deot and duties of the heart. We must look at all the writings of all the rabbis, of all the chachamim, from all the camps that dealt with these issues. 
רבותינו הראשונים והאחרונים וחכמי המוסר שבכל דור ודור. Our early rabbis, our later rabbis, and those in every generation who dedicated themselves to this discipline of Torah. אף על פי שיש בהם שיטות שונות ודרכים שונים. Don't be afraid when you see that there are so many different approaches, so many different and opposing schools of thought. מכל מקום, נדלס, כולם עולים בקנה אחד. All of them will take us in the right path. ומיוסדים להאיר אורן ונרן של ישראל, and they are intended to light up the light of the Jewish people. ולהטות את האדם מדרכי מיתה לדרכי חיים, and they all were ridden, they were taught with a goal, the same goal, of saving a person from a life of death to a life of life. על כן בכולם, לפי רוב חילוקיהם ושינוי דרכיהם, נמצא ברכה. And even though you see that they argue, and they seemingly disagree, he said, in all of them, we will find blessing. וברבות הידיעה, השינון והלימוד, ירבה השלום, האחווה והרעות. And the more we study the opposing opinions, the more we will increase peace among them. ולכל אחד משלומי אמוני ישראל, יראה אדוני וחושבי שמו, יתברר שמכל פייץ' כ"ה, חילופי השיטות והדרכים, And from those who are pure-hearted, that are from the righteous of Israel, who study Torah this way, they will realize, will find that from this will sprout the seed of true peace and blessing in the ways of Torah and service of Hashem. But to reach that high level of understanding, אי אפשר לבוא כי אם אחרי עמל וגיאה, בקיאות והעמקה, בכל המקצועות הנוגעים לחלק זה והדבר המעורר לזה, it cannot come from a narrow closed mind, it can only be reached, this goal can only be accomplished, if we're willing to open our eyes, to open our ears, and to listen to all those who spoke in these matters. הוא ההרגל להרחיב את דברי חז"ל בהגדה, בדיעות וסברות ישרות בעמקי ההגדה. That is what will get us to truly understand and expand upon Agadah properly. I'm sending my words out to the whole Jewish people. And I hope that this book of mine and all of the other books that I'm hoping that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ya'azreni Lichtov that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will help me write which will elaborate and expand on the words of our rabbis. That my words should be an inspiration to those who are true servants of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To awaken their spirits. To expand their words. Their own words. I ask that not only people study my work, but they find their own their own explanations, their own elaborations, their own expansions to add on my words. The rest of the introduction is just technical blessings and explanation of why you chose the name. But I think that this final message of Rav Kook goes hand in hand with our shiur that we mentioned a few weeks ago, agreeing to disagree. The ability of Chachmei Sfarad to take from everyone, to take from all opinions, and to reject that which we cannot accept, and to accept that which we must accept because it's true. Harav Kuk is requesting from us that when we study Agadah, we follow this approach. 
not to get stuck on, are we studying now a philosopher? Are we studying now a rationalist? Are we studying a mekubal? Are we studying a... Uh, whatever book we're studying, are they Ashkenazim? Are they Sephardim? Are they Hasidim? When it comes to the study of Agadah, all of Chachamei Israel are sitting at the same table. How here? There are no legal ramifications. There are no halachic ramifications. We're not going to study in a way which will chas v'shalom decrease from our observance of Torah mitzvot. It will not damage the arena of halakha that we spend the rest of the week studying here. We are allowing ourselves a rare opportunity, a rare treat of sitting down with other chachamim, meeting minds that we normally wouldn't meet, and ask them, teach us please, what is it that you have to bring to the Jewish table? And when you look at one piece of Agadah, and you see a hundred opinions, unlike halakha, which will cause one some kind of spiritual paralysis, a hundred genuine opinions in a word of Agadah will cause a person to soar, will cause a person's soul to fly to the highest and most holy places. And Bezat Hashem, this is a journey. We don't know what we're about to unleash, but says Rav Kuk, we have to jump into this together. We have to jump into this without looking back. With all of our strength, we must delve into this area because we must make up for generations and generations which didn't want to deal with this area of Torah. Bezant Hashem, next week, we're going to be dealing with an essay of Ham Uziel in which he's going to discuss the twin sisters of Agadah and Halakha. After we study Harab Uziel, we will study one last introduction by Harav Chaim David Halavin and begin jumping right into that text of the Talmud, Masech al-Berachot, as we have been preparing for. But we'd be remiss if we did that without bringing these other two minds to the table. Chacham Uziel and Rav Chaim David Halavi. They could all sit with us. It's a unique idea because Rav Chaim David Halavi, he's a student of Rav Kuk and of Rav Uziel. And this ability to look at the Torah from so many different angles is precisely what will give us success. And perhaps in the way Rav Kuk said, the Talmidei Chachamim Arbim Shalom Ba'olam the Torah scholars increase peace in the world. We used to say, When's the last time you saw Torah scholars increase peace in the world? But maybe, says Avchuk, just maybe, that this type of study in the realm of Agadah will be that which will bring the Jewish people to realize that we have so much in common, that we have so much to offer each other. And when we can do that, that seed, that plant will sprout in the Garden of Hashem, a new plant, a new type of tree. A tree, that will bring back to the world the knowledge, the true knowledge of Al-Kadosh Baruch Hu.